Owens is number two all-time in receiving yards. He's number three all-time in receiving touchdowns. He's number five all-time in touchdowns, period. But Owens didn't make the Pro Football Hall of Fame in his first two years of eligibility and may not make it again in this, his third year of eligibility. Why? Because voters think he's a jerk. No reason beyond that. And that's why Halls of Fame suck. Because Halls of Fame are supposed to be about the best players, but it's become about character flaws and perceived cheating. Who's a jerk? The personal preferences of those voting. The Pro Football Hall of Fame suffers because it doesn't have Terrell Owens. The Baseball Hall of Fame is lesser because it doesn't include Barry Bonds. If you think a Hall of Fame is about anything but honoring what happened on the field, guess what? You just made the list! The list brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing. Caught on a name you can trust. 412-367-0815 is the number to call for all your plumbing, heating, and cooling needs. Uh, we talked before about Heinz Ward. I want to reiterate why Heinz Ward isn't going to make it. Certainly not this year. He's not even one of the 12 finalists. And I don't think Heinz Ward's ever going to make it. Right now, there are 12 wide receivers with more receiving yards than Hines on their careers that are not in the Hall of Fame. How does Hines jump to the front of that line ever? Oh, I forgot. He was a real good blocker. I want to get Penguin Talk going. Talk about the Pens and the big win over the Flyers last night, which isn't really that big, but it kept them out of last place. It got him a point close, two points closer to a playoff berth, and uh, I've always felt beating Philadelphia, especially at Philadelphia, is reward in and of itself. Let's go to Harry and Emsworth. Harry, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hi, Mark. Hey, I uh, just had two two quick questions about last night's game, and I totally agree with you. It's just two points, and until we win two in a row. We won't know if they're if they're if they're back or not. However, did did you feel like the play of the fourth line once Sheehan got moved down there kind of brought back to light that truly? Well, Sheehan got up. moved down there because Ronnie got hurt. Right, right. They were exactly. kind of alternating wingers around Sheehan. If if uh, what I saw uh, serves me correctly. Right, absolutely. But I felt like once he went to that fourth line, you kind of saw that wow. We're really still only a third line center away from from being right back into a into a team that. that if it was really... that simple, they'd just make Riley. Sh- well, I mean, hold on. Right now, Riley Shane is the third line center when everybody's healthy. He played real well, and you're saying they need a third line center. I get what you're saying. It doesn't make sense. Hey, if the Flyers, uh, excuse me, if the other teams follow in the Flyers' path and. Just let the Penguins stand around in front of their net whacking pucks. I'm confident that Reeves and Kuhnhockel can continue scoring. Uh, that said, I thought those two played very well last night, as did Shabang, which is Riley Shane's nickname. That's that's a pretty good nickname. Uh, he can't be Sherzy because there's already Connor Sherry. So he got here second, so he's Shabang. 
Let's go to Virgil in the Hill District. Virgil, you're on with Mark. What up, man? What up, man? Hey, two things. First off, I could be wrong. Keith Jones talked about Connor Sheary being absent, but they didn't pan to the bench, and I just felt like, and I could be way wrong, that Sullivan just didn't play him after that two-on-one early in the game where he passed up a shot to Hornquist because Sullivan said it about six times. Well, but then, but, then, but then Sherry came on and scored that goal. Right, right. But, you know, they talked about him not being available, but they never panned to the bench, and, and I don't know. Maybe I'm reading. I don't recall it. it being said that Sherry was unavailable. Okay. I mean, uh, the, the bench was light for a while because uh, Rowney left and Dumoulin left. Maybe Sherry sat for a while. But I give Sherry a lot of credit for that goal because, you know, he sprinted from the bottom of his own, uh, top of his own circle, rather, uh, and got a breakaway. And he made a real subtle shift with the puck at the end to shield it and take it from his backhand to his forehand while being pursued that uh, really was nice touch. I give I give the kid a lot of credit. I think he's finally suffering for having had to play so many games and in traffic too. And if you'll recall, I've always said, Virgil, that Connor Sheary's going to miss 20 games every season or be yeah. beat up for a bunch of games he does play in. But that was an awful big goal last night. Let's go to... Chainsaw in the car. Chainsaw. You're on the Bart Madden Show. What up, man? What up? Um, did, I've noticed the past couple games when they're rolling four lines, and I'm not saying Reeves is the fourth line is the fix-all, but, I mean, there's definitely a difference when Sullivan plays him at least maybe ten minutes a game. There's some games I notice, and I don't know why, they get that line gets zero playing time. Because they're behind. Play. No, not in some cases. Even when we've been up, I've noticed it. I'm like, I want to see some more. Oh, no, that that's when those guys get little playing time when they're behind. And I have no problem with that because uh, Reeves and Kuhnhockle, their ilk, aren't going to help you catch up. Then again, neither is Carl Haglund at this point. Right. So I'm just thinking, like, I mean, the running of four lines, I don't know, it's been noticeable. These are those guys who get at least eight to ten minutes a game, if maybe a little less. Yep, and, and if they can get leads and not fall behind, they could roll four lines. But you do understand but, that those that the Jabrones aren't going to help you catch up, right? I do. Yeah, I mean, I know they're not going to make the difference, but I mean, this is obviously a very short term. You know, until the, the, the stars start to pick up, I mean, they're not picking up their weight. So our second line is not much better than our fourth right now, anyway. Okay, I, thank you for the call, Chainsaw. I got a couple of tweets saying that it was said more than a few times that Sherry was absent from the bench. Well, I was at the Double L Bar, talking to people, watching the game with the sound not off, but but not that. I mean. Sherry came back, scored a goal. I didn't read anything about him in injury reports today. Dumo is hurt, and Jari's hurt, and Ronnie's hurt. Sherry scored. So he wasn't absent when he needed to be present. Let's go down to our good friend calling from Sluggos, his bar. He is the Hebrew hammer. Hammer, Yakshamash. Hey, Yakshamash, Mark. Hey, uh, Ben should have been the MVP since the uh, year he played after Tommy Maddox got hurt. I mean, the Steelers, without him, are like the Bengals. They have good parts like uh, A.J. Green would be Antonio Brown, but Ben, is he, he makes it all come together. Well, what do you think the Steelers' record would have been this year had Ben Roethlisberger not played and Landry Jones started? 2-14. I don't think it would have been that bad, but I think it would have been like 6 and 10. You're right. It would, it they would have beat that, the Browns you know, twice anyway and did beat him with Landry Jones. 
he is the new renaissance for the Steelers. So, like, since 2004 or whenever he came along, he is the Steelers. So, I mean, it's a shame he doesn't get the respect. Uh, well, but don't you agree when he doesn't get voted team MVP, it's a, it's a black-white thing in the locker room, and not even a, a, a racist evil thing, but the brother's going to vote for the brothers. And I, I, if that's racial profiling, well, Ben's only won MVP once in his time as Steeler quarterback when he's had a nail-on Hall of Fame career. I don't rule that out at all. I mean, I don't, you know, the locker room is the place of place, and that, that certainly has been refuted. Um, secondly, Hines uh, uh, Ward in the Hall of Fame, I agree, Terrell Owens is getting this uh, shaft here, but do you think Hines Ward is suffering from our geopolitical climate with the Koreans and all? I mean, he's South Korean. I, I don't think that, no. Okay, I just thought that, because I know, like, uh, Malkin was kept out of the top 100 players, so I didn't know if that there was an anti-Korean sentiment going on in this world. So um, I just I was really how many people do you think think of Heinz Ward as Korean? Uh, probably like ninety percent. Really? Probably at least ninety percent of them identify with him as being a Korean American. Uh, and, and lastly, Mike, I Munchak, disagree. I I think more people see him as an African American. Well, see, I don't see color, so I mean, you go ahead and think whatever you want. But I've moved on past that. Okay, Mike well, fair Mark, enough. Mike Munchak. Although just not, it was just seconds ago, literally seconds ago, when you thought that Ben didn't win the MVP more often because he's white. I, I didn't even realize he was. Uh, Mike Munchak. Do you know there's a deer called a Munchak deer? I did not know that. I, don't, I think it's named uh, after the Munchak family. Well, do you think the deer's named after Munchak or, the, or Mike Munchak's named after the deer? Oh, Munchak's named uh, after the deer. That goes back uh, at least three, four generations, I think. Interesting stuff. That's your cue. Hey, have a good evening. I'll try. At the bottom of the hour, we talked to Dejan, but I want hockey calls now. I've never thought I'd say this on this program. We don't talk about hockey enough right now. Steelers are off for a week. Penguins won last night. They're in a precarious position in terms of playoff. Uh, uh, in terms of making it, and isn't that interesting? It really is. Four one two three 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 WXDX. And now the super genius Mark Madden. Super genius, yeah. Mark, love the show. Well, if I won you over by imitating Dusty Rhodes, the American dream. So be it, baby. The X at one zero five nine. This amuses me a great deal. Central Florida has declared itself the national champion. The football team, they beat Auburn. And to be fair, Auburn beat uh, Alabama. Didn't Auburn beat Georgia, too? And uh, Alabama and Georgia are both in the national championship game. But uh, you can't just declare yourself national champion. I I get it. it. It's kind of funny. And like I said, I give them a lot of credit if they played... In the uh, SEC this year, they would have gone 500-ish. That's the that's as much credibility as I'm willing to give them. Let's see here, Auburn Tigers. They beat um, yeah, they beat Georgia and they beat Alabama, and Central Florida beat them. Okay, good enough for me. Central Florida national champs. Let's go to Jim in Brackenridge. Jim, you're on with the Super Genius. Good afternoon, Mark. How are you today? What up? 
got a question for you. Cam Hayward is the Steelers sack leader this year. He's a defensive lineman. Uh, on a 3-4 defense, you basically have three defensive tackles, not like a 4-3 when you're adding two defensive ends. Well, well the way the Steelers run it now, they do. They, they, the defensive ends play a lot more interior, especially when it comes to the pass rush. Uh, who was the last Steelers defensive lineman to actually lead the Steelers in sacks for a season? I think Aaron Smith had 11 sacks one year. I, I don't know if that led the Steelers in sacks, but he had a couple fairly big years in that regard. I mean, he's just playing out of his mind this year, and the fact that he didn't make the Pro Bowl this year, that, that, uh, that's, just, that's just bull right there. I mean, he's probably one of the best 3-4 defensive ends in the league. Well, the Pro Bowl's about reputation more than anything else. Uh, there's a variety. What is it? Fans, coaches, writers all have a vote for it. Uh, I don't take the Pro Bowl seriously. Except as it gets these guys a bonus sometime for making it, you know? Absolutely. And but about the Penguins. I think you can make an argument that Cam Hayward was uh, maybe not their MVP, but their defensive MVP. Oh, without a doubt. He held the team together. But with the Penguins, do you think with the. Uh, there's no doubt that, that the uh, excessive game they've from winning two Stanley Cups is starting to take its toll. But do you think with the players that left, they have a lack of chemistry or are they just having a lack of luck right now? Uh, I think they have a lack of uh, energy. I just think they're tired. I know people don't like to hear that. You're making excuses for them. No, I'm 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 describing a legitimate reason. They've played over 250 games since October of 2015. Uh, they're mentally and physically drained, and uh, and now it's starting to come and go. And that's a good sign because if if it comes more often than it goes, they may yet get in the playoffs. And once they get in the playoffs, uh, they know just what to do there. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. Let's go to Bob in the car. Bob, you're on the Mark Madden show. Hey, Mark, love the show. What up, Bob? Hey, uh, you know you you mentioned about the the Penguins and the fact that they might not make the playoffs, or there's a potential that they might not make the playoffs. And I thought I heard heard you say the other day, or maybe saw a graphic that there's their current record is very similar to that this time of year as it was in 2016 when they won the Cup. Do you think this current team can can do what they did in 2016 and go and win, win a bunch of games and get back in the hunt? Of course they can. Why would you think they couldn't? Well, I mean, you know, with their current chemistry, you know, you talked a minute ago. Yeah, about you see, honestly, and- when, when I hear people say about chemistry, that goes to show me you don't know what the real issues are. Chemistry is mostly fictional. Uh, you talk about the guys they lost. Maybe they didn't lose chemistry when they lost, like Nick Benino. And uh, Ron Hainsey, and, and you know all the names. Maybe the guys they replaced them with just aren't as good as the guys they lost. Chemistry is so well, overrated. Bro, chemistry is almost always fiction. So is leadership. I've said this many times on this show. Uh, when when a team loses, you never hear, well, they lost, but they had really good chemistry and really good leadership. Uh, when a team wins, they always had it. You never hear, ah, they didn't have chemistry, and nobody really led, but they, they won anyway. It's mostly fiction, almost 100% invented in every instance. Like I always say, I'll ask you, who is said to be the greatest leader in hockey history? There's a leadership award named after him. Uh, I'm sorry, it escapes me. Mark Messier. That's it. Okay, Mark Messier didn't make the playoffs his last eight years in the league. Did he forget how to lead? No, of course not. There you go. Fiction. Up next, Dejan, I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. 
This is Ryan Reeves of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 105.9 The X. Revo with the goal last night. Penguins beat the Flyers 5-1 at Philadelphia. Joining me now in studio from DKPittsburghSports.com, it's Serbian reactionary Dejan Kovacevic. Dejan, it's been a season full of distractions for the Steelers. How did they persevere and wind up at 13-3? and We keep hearing how much distractions are supposed to hurt, but they didn't hurt the Steelers at all. Uh, you know, when you talk to these guys, what they'll tell you more than anything is that they got stronger from Chicago. Chicago was the biggest distraction. Of course, I'm talking about the Alejandro Villanueva anthem flap out there. Uh, they were mad at each other, Mark, after that game. They didn't hide that. But what they did afterward was they decided this can't happen again. And as a result, it opened up channels of communication. And generally, when you do that in any walk of life, things are going to get better. This team, I'll tell you this right now, is mentally stronger than the one from last year. Sean Davis had some pretty powerful words uh, in a conversation we had over the weekend about that. where He just said he felt like they went to Foxborough last year not anywhere near in the position that they are now from a mental preparation standpoint, from mental strength. Well, we'll see about that. I mean, uh, they, they still did lose to New England at Heinz Field. They lost Le'Veon Bell, too, but and, yeah. And the only, I'm talking about this year, oh, they this lost year. at yes. Heinz Field. Right. And the only proof in the pudding people want to know about is them beating New England. Right. That's it. And, I, and it, it, you know, we can talk about a million different things, and we will between now and the time we get their first-round opponent. We analyze that, and we'll see if the Steelers can get past whoever that ends up being. But ultimately, they have one test. They have one bar. And, and that's going to be whether or not they can beat the Patriots. Because you know what? Whether it's perception or reality, you know, that's the outcome. Well, I'll tell you something else funny. Huh? Let's say the Steelers get to the AFC final and New England doesn't. The, the, the Patriots get upset oh, because I know what you're you, got, say, you, got, yeah. you got the paper, rock, scissors thing where, <laughs> where New England beats Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh beat Kansas City, Kansas City beats New England. Uh, if the Steelers would win the Super Bowl and not beat New England... There'd be X amount of people said they really didn't win it. Oh, I think it would be X times about five. I, I really do. I, and I think it's going to be, all right, well, yeah, let's see. To which I've heard some of this actually from some of our readers on our site, and what I've come back with is, so do you invalidate the Penguins past two Stanley Cups because they didn't beat the Blackhawks both years? It's not any different. No, this is a lot different because the Patriots are, oh, by oh, acclamation, the, okay. the number one team in football. Well, but the Hawks were going into going into the penguins run of two cups no, no, so it's been nearly the same thing it's the, the, the something hawks the hawks didn't have the best coach and best best quarterback ever do you all right i'll try it another way do you invalidate what the penguins did because they beat the sharks and the no, predators no. regardless of no, who it was and, and, and do you I, invalidate the penguins first and, championship well, no, because no, no, it was no. against the north stars who were a terrible hockey team that just got hot in the playoffs doesn't matter doesn't they, matter man you're the champion i just wanted the penguins to win and i'm not invalidating if the Steelers win the Super Bowl without uh, feeding New England. Not. But it would certainly be brought up quite a bit. It now, would definitely be brought up. The Patriots are in everyone's heads here. Uh, and that was evident when James Harrison left because the locker room didn't react negatively until he went to New England. When he just got cut, that was one thing. When he went to the Evil Empire, that was another. Which begs the question, with all the distractions that took place this year for the Steelers, mm -hmm. what was your favorite? I, I still think James Harrison's is number one because it's the gift that keeps on giving. It made me forget stuff like Lev Bell's holdout mm -hmm. and A.B. throwing the water cooler. Yeah, I'm going to go with the water cooler because what made— That was your favorite? Here's why. The water cooler, I think, and I know you and I in this very spot discussed this at the time, made 
Ben and AB get back on the same page. They had to find a way after that. They had to patch things up, whatever was wrong. I know you had some thoughts on that that maybe were a little different than mine, but they found a way, and what caused that winning streak was the connection being restored between those two. That winning streak, in turn, was the one that led to the Steelers being in the position that they are as the number two seed right now. What's your take on the Todd Haley incident? It's embarrassing, but next to Harrison... And the other stuff we're talking about, it kind of seems like small potatoes, doesn't it? You know it? what? It 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 is. It might be no potatoes at all, for all we know. I mean, you know, people have a right to their private lives. Uh, the fact that he went out after the game, it we don't dumb. even know what he did. It was done. Do we know? We don't even know Dejan, what he did. You're talking about a 50 year old Steeler coach, yeah. going to a young hot spot right after a Steeler game. Right by Heinz Field. With his wife. With his wife. With his wife. Okay, that, let's that, be clear. That's all ill-advised. Um, you know, they went out to have a good time on New Year's Eve. I have no problem with it. Sounds like they had a great time. Well, okay. Is Alan Fanica going to get in the Pro Football Hall of Fame this year? I think there's a chance. I, I really do. There is a lineage that the Pro Football Hall of Fame follows more than any of the other ones where you know who you got to get in uh, behind positionally, and you wait your turn. You wait until you have one. To me, this is Fanica's turn as an offensive lineman. Six-time All-Pro, uh, you know, obviously a tremendous career. Plus, he has that. You're always looking for that something extra to put on a guy's bio. And what he had is being the, not A, but the interior lineman blocking for Jerome Bettis, an interior runner who's already in the Hall of Fame. Uh, to me, Fanica's got to get in. I don't think Heinz Ward, I mean, to not be a finalist, Two years in a row, the first two years, well, yeah, that's not a great start, man. And like I said earlier, Dejan, there are 12 receivers with more lifetime receiving yards yeah. that are not in the Hall of Fame. And the things that Ward did well on the field won't wear well over time because receivers are going to keep putting up bigger numbers in a less physical, more pass-happy right. NFL. And, and, and you no, know what I'm saying? And, and nobody cares about his blocking. Well, I mean, you care. You know, it's I, not going to get him in the Hall of Fame. And it's not. It's the idea that's been put forth for the people who are his proponents is that well that somehow he was the best blocking wide receiver. First of all, you, you don't know that, and and secondly, I don't I don't know how much of an impact that has on the game. What you say he's the best blocking long snapper of all time. Uh, after Ben retires, who will be the Steelers' starting quarterback the next year? Because my money's on Landry Jones. No, I mean, it almost has As to be. As a transitional quarterback. Yeah, it almost has to be. You have to have a year uh, of, of Landry being that guy. Because if you look at the, let's say this season ended and Ben says, you know, that's it. I mean, he, he rides out on the parade like Jerome did. You know, he wins the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm out of here. I'm done. I'm going out on top. Uh, if not, that, not out of the question, by the way. Not out of the question. Or, neither, or, neither one. Or if they lose to New England again. No. Not out of the question. Not definitely. Neither one of those is out of the question either. But Ben decides to go out. And the Steelers say, all right, we're going to make a commitment. One way or another, we're going to get a first-round quarterback. And if you look at their roster, that is what it is. I still don't think you can bring in a first-rounder where, there be, where, where they would be picking and say, we're just going to throw him out there. I mean, Landry Jones has been groomed or, in that role. Where for, they would be picking either this year or next if Ben oh, does yeah. decide to play one more year. Absolutely. And at one way or another, you're not going to have a first-round quarterback just walk in off the street. And Landry, you know, he might be better than 
people think. Uh, he has gotten a lot better in practices. Played pretty, pretty good Sunday. And when you throw four incompletions, and we're hearing from we're hearing from readers and everybody else about the two or three bad passes that he made. That's when the narrative needs to die. Uh, he had a pretty good game. We're talking today, Kovacevic. Dejan brought to you by Walnut Grill. By the way, here's some idiot tweeted. Uh, a better analogy for DK would be: Would a Caps Cup be invalid if they didn't eliminate the Penguins on route? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I just I. Oh, you, no, if you win, you win. I'm just if trying you to win. Yeah, I'm I, trying I, to divine the aftermath of the Steelers winning a Super Bowl without beating New England. Yeah, I mean, I think you could ask the same question about when you face somebody that's got a rash of injuries. What if the Steelers line up against the Patriots in the AFC Championship game, but Tom Brady broke his leg in the previous round? Do you still have to beat the Patriots again next year if you beat them this year? I would enjoy that. I'm just saying. I mean, and I hope that happens. I'm just saying, well, they wouldn't have Jimmy Garoppolo to bail them out either. Don't forget about that. Uh, what do you take away from the Penguins' win at Philadelphia last I, night? I can't, I can't do takeaways after one win with this team anymore. I just don't have them. Well, well here's what I you like. You know what I mean? Bottom six produced a little bit. Yeah. Schultz and Latang are back. They looked okay. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they were opportunistic. Yes. Got to the front of the net. Mm-hmm. There were some things to like about it. Somewhat diluted by the fact that, as you say, it's only one win, and they played the worst team in the and, conference. And, and I was waiting for you on that one. I mean, the Flyers looked horrible. Well, they're so bad in the back. I, well, I mean, they knew what they were doing coming into this season with the young defense, and they knew where they were going to take their lumps. But it's worse probably than they could have imagined, and it's taken away a lot from their forwards. Look, the Penguins got a nice win. They had a lot of good pressure in the Philadelphia zone. Talk to me after the Hurricanes, because I, I look at this team right now, and they can't string anything together, Mark, and they need to start doing that. Uh, no question. They need to get uh, three or four wins in a row. Absolutely. And get, like, not a big cushion, but get in a playoff spot. And you know what else? Not just wins. It's about time that this team starts scoring on a consistent basis. Five because five. until they don't, Mark, they're not the Penguins. You know, they might get away with a this... Uh, you know, good defensive game, good goaltending performance, nice power play, five on five scoring. When you see everybody, not just the you know the the supplemental guys like you saw last night, not just the star guys, but everybody start pitching in five on five. That's when they're going to look like the Penguins again. Uh, why can't Sid kick it into gear? I have no. I, I, I idea. don't doubt his effort or his skill. Obviously, I don't doubt anything about Sidney Crosby, but he just can't get it going. He can't. And the only thing that. When you look at him, that you can say, and I know everybody's tired of hearing this, but he's just played so much hockey. Mark. Yeah, I, I, I don't and, know. I and he plays it. Else. He plays it at a different level of intensity and physical uh, effort right. than most. Do. Right, and that's important to note here because when, I think one thing that we took for granted about Mario Lemieux's greatness when he played was that he knew how to turn it on and off. He knew what the timing was because he had that style. He could play the game at 2 miles an hour or at 25 miles an hour. It didn't matter. Sid has to churn. He has to grind. He has to be that guy that's cycling. It's a demanding, physical, exhausting, mentally exhausting style of play that doesn't lend itself to... What, playing a game every three days, Mark, every three days, including the offseason, if you do the average on it, since the beginning of the 2015-16 season. It's amazing. Here's a legit question. Have we overrated guys like Sheary and Gensel mm. based on the early returns they posted here in Pittsburgh? Well, throw Rust in there, too. Well, no, I didn't over. I, I, I knew that, that Rust was 
in some ways overproducing, especially well, he got the clutch goals. You always going to say, man, credit that, for that. And he has but, legit but, finishing touch. Well, I don't know about that. I think Sheary and Gens will do, but I think they're having trouble playing in traffic. Um, you know, it's possible that we did. Maybe, but maybe again, playing in traffic night after night is a better way to put it. Yeah, and again, I don't think they're but, cowards. Uh, I don't think they back down. Now look at their their style of play, and they're those same guys. When the Sid and the Kids line had everything going late last season, it was through this crazy cycle system where nobody could touch them because they couldn't catch them. Um, that's going to work for you for a while. At some point, somebody has to be the straight line guy, like the Patrick Hornquist that just goes through and cuts to the net. To me, that's one of this team's biggest problems right now is that they have too many of those types of players and not enough that are going through. Uh, that has to change. I think that can only happen through personnel change. I don't think you're going to change who these guys are. Uh, but that said, I don't know that we overestimated them. I mean, two-time champions. They no, no, I just mean those goals. two as individuals yeah. and as long-term producers. That's yeah. different. Yeah, it is. And, and and none of them's obviously the biggest guy either. And that you do get knocked around, so that's a different form of fatigue. Are we tired of talking about fatigue yet? <laughs> I'm just tired, period. Uh, I think Jim Rutherford should not make a big trade necessarily this hmm. year. Just get a third-line center and see if things shake out organically thanks to a core group that has two rings and some have three. I don't want to rip apart the core for, for 19 and 20 because I think the window's still open for a few more years. To try to sneak into yeah, the playoffs this year. Yeah, it, that's that is now the L.A. Kings, Chicago Blackhawks approach, where you say, "Look, you know, this is this is not going to be the year where we follow up. But if we keep the group together, if we do things right, uh, we can be back the following year." You, there's a line between you know doing it that way and saying, "Well, we're just going to start over again." Uh, I don't know that a big trade though has to involve the core. I really think there are ways that well, you can they're, do. Well, they're not trading Sid, Gino, no, Tang, or Murray. No, but what you can do, what you can do is uh, trade some of the players that we just discussed. You know, who are smaller, uh, more of the, the 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 winger types, the perimeter yeah. types, and that's where the parallel that I keep drawing uh, in, in my head is with Craig Patrick in '91. It was a stylistic trade that he made. Uh, when he moved Mark Recchi out to bring in Rick Tocchet. Uh, you mean 92? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 91-92 right, champions. Right. No, no, yeah. no, no, you're right about that. Uh, I, I just... Uh, pure I, hockey. Pure hockey trade. You know who's going to get traded? Mm. Nobody wants to hear this. And he won't get traded till this coming off season, if then, is Kessel. Because if Sprung, really? If Sprung pans, you still think that? If Sprong pans out, they're not going to want two guys exactly the same on the same team. Sprong's a lot more affordable. Although what might put a wrench in that is... You won't get a lot of return for Kessel. No, it's a, a it, that, that would be a cap room thing. Yeah. What, what are your, what's your take on Sprong so far? Um, you know, I love Sprong in the offensive zone. I don't it's know a how lot you of shots. And he's always ready for a shot. That's the other part of his game. He's he skates around like should've a tripod. Scored, should have scored a couple last night. I know. I know. Get some nailed on I chances. I know exactly last night. what you're talking about, especially the one in the high slot. But you know what? He's been burying those in the AHL. He's going to bury them in the NHL. That shot is. An NHL elite level shot. I really believe that um, he's going to eventually end up in a position where he's playing with better guys too. I, no, I, no I, I don't have a problem with. I think he should be playing with them now. To tell you the truth, uh, let's let's Sully have his way here for a little bit. Yeah, but you need points now too, and you need goals now. Uh, and by the way, uh, I'm not rooting for them to trade Kessel. I'm not gleefully anticipating. No, that. I've never heard you say I, that. I just think it's inevitable that yeah. that, that 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 will occur. And I got to say that we talk about strong shot. Phil shows kids out there everywhere how to not shoot the puck, mm -hmm. except it works for him. It works With for him. With that crazy whip 
off the wrong foot. Wrong foot. Comes down and just sticks in the back of the net last night. And and the best part about Phil's shot, in addition to his technique and the fact that he can do it at any speed, is that he can legit pick any spot on the net. That is maybe the rarest aspect of his shot, maybe the most underappreciated. There are guys, you know, even Sid and Gino, they have their locations. You know, they have their spots that they want to go to. Phil just finds his spot and hits it. That's Dejan Kovacevic. Check out DKPittsburghSports.com. Dejan brought to you by Walnut Grill. It's not time to ask Mark anything. Anything you like, 412-333-WXDX. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Double M, big fan, big fan. Well, no, I just said, I don't know what I said. I don't know what you said. Uh, double M. Yeah? The X at 105.9. It's not time to ask Mark anything brought to you by Chapino Restaurant Cigar Bar. It's the city's best seafood and chop house, so do be sure to check out Chapino in the strip. After this show, it's the Coach Mike Sullivan Show. Join Josh Getzoff and the Penguins coach Mike Sullivan for an hour of the best hockey talk. So after I'm done talking, keep it right here on 105.9X. Got a couple lines open for Ask Mark Anything. Right now, let's go to Patrick in the car. Patrick, Ask Mark Anything. What up, Super G? What up, man? Hey, um, considering the massive step down that Landry Jones would be at the quarterback position, if Okay, your phone sucked. Uh, Patrick was going to ask, should the Penguins sign, uh, Penguins, should the Steelers sign Kirk Cousins, the Washington uh, quarterback who's going to be a free agent this coming offseason? If Ben would retire before free agency hits in the NFL, absolutely the Steelers should sign Kirk Cousins. But it's just not the way they do things. Chris Hoke, the former Steeler, was talking about that on Twitter the other day. And he just shot it right down out of hand. Said it's not what the Steelers do. And, and, and I agree. They would use Landry Jones as the transition quarterback until they draft and develop whoever the long-term guy is. And whoever he is, he won't be Ben Roethlisberger. He won't be Terry Bradshaw. Those are once-in-a-lifetime quarterbacks, and the Steelers have had two. So they've been very fortunate. But they should sign Kirk Cousins, no question. And the only thing that I do offer as a disclaimer regarding that situation, maybe Art II will just decide I'm going to do things a little bit different than my old man and spend the money on Kirk Cousins. Because it would be totally logical to do so. It's what the Steelers should do. Because they have a championship team if Ben retires. All they need is a quarterback that's on some level, let's say Ben's a 10 on a 10 scale, Cousins is like a seven, and you could still win with a seven. Let's go to um, Lee in Rogers, Ohio. Lee, ask Mark anything. Uh, Double M, did you ever get into Barney Miller's show? It's on Sundance with the rest of them. You know what? I, I don't watch Barney Miller reruns. I have seen the show. Here's my one thing about Barney Miller. I watched it a lot back when, when it was originally on. Yes. I can't name one memorable episode. No, I'm not being critical. It was very funny. But, like, with All in the Family, I could name five or six memorable episodes. With uh, that 70s show, which admittedly is my personal taste, I can name five or six episodes, 10 or 12 moments. Yeah. But, but I, oh, I, I, I can't do that with Barney Miller. 
Let's go to Bill on the north side. Bill, ask Mark anything. Double M, I'm sitting outside of Club Erotica, and I have $10. Should I go in, or should I go buy a, a double quarter pounder value meal? Erotica, no question. Let's go to Matt in Murraysville. Matt, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark, I don't know if you know of Armstrong's Restaurant down in Castle Shannon or Moon. I don't. They're no- well, they're known for their calzones and their baked ziti. I recommend you try them. The one in Castle Shands and Cassie Village. I would prefer baked ziti. Okay. I would go there if you want some of the I, I like I like baked ziti. I like baked pasta. With God, they, they, the sauce is on it when they bake it, right? The sauce and cheese? Absolutely, yeah. It's all, it gets all nice and gooey and warm, yeah. Well, I like nice and gooey. Don't you dare go away. It's the Mike Sullivan Show. It's the best hockey talk in time, and you can hear it only on 105.9 The X.